Father God, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you just be here. Lord, may your spirit just be present in this place, Father God. Lord, be present in the homes that the um, might be listening in, Father God. May you open ears, Father God, open hearts, open minds, Lord God. Again, you're knocking at many hearts, Father God. I pray that some be open tonight, Lord. Again, you're that merciful God who doesn't give up. You're always after us, and eventually you catch us. Again, it's a choice. Lord, I just pray, Father God, again, that you just be here. Totally empty me out, Father God. May your Holy Spirit just come upon me, Father God. May it be your words, Lord God. Again, may you touch hearts. In Jesus' name. Hi, ladies. Well, my gift tonight is the gift of temperance. And at the end of his paragraph, Ironside, in his commentary, says, Temperance is just self-control, the whole body held under the subjection to the Holy Spirit. Let me redo that one again. It's just self-control, the whole body under control of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, of, uh, under the Spirit of God, held, um, oh, I'm sorry, against such there is no law. You do not need law to control a man, thus walking. J. Vernon McGee writes, the Ten Commandments were given to control the flesh, but now the Christian life is to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So the Ten Commandments were given to control the flesh. That I understood. That I understand. As a Catholic in my youth, they were my boundaries. They kept me in line. I took them serious. <laughs> they gave me this world's temperance, which is moderation. They gave me this world's self-control, which is restraint, exercised over one's own impulses, emotions, or desires. I had that. Alcohol, drugs, cursing, no problem. I had self-control. But they didn't stop me from hanging out with those who did them. But I was still good. Again, I was in control. But the Christian life is to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I was ignorant to such. I believed in God. I believed in heaven and hell. I believed in the Trinity and in my Virgencita. But I was never challenged to why. I was raised to believe, and I did. No questions asked. Again, I believed in God. But the fear of hell kept me from stepping too far. My self-control. Needless to say, I was producing no fruit. No fruit of the Spirit. Um, I did, I helped others. My mom, my dad, they helped others. My church helped others. Um, my heart hurt for the poor and the orphans. We went to Mexico. We helped out. Um, my high school choir used to go to the convalescent homes at Christmas. And my heart would hurt. But it was not spirit-led. It was heartfelt emotion. And we all have that. I didn't see myself as sinner. I was in the dark full of pride and a short fuse. But those are sins you don't see. And I looked very patient and very calm. But those are where my hidden sins. 
So as time went on, my mom and my sister became believers. And, you know, they were inviting me to go to, to studies. They're praying for me, and they're taking me to studies and services. Raul kept my attention with end times. I thought that was exciting. Jesus knocking at my heart, you know, but I'm not answering. I even got pretend saved so people stopped bugging me, you know, but he didn't give up, knocking on my heart. One day, they're in my car listening to As For Me and My House, a song. It hit me. Oh, I wasn't going to be raptured. <laughs> I'm not going to heaven. The few things I heard, you know, and I understood. <laughs> I finally saw myself for what I was. I was dirty. I was full of sin. And there I am crying on the side of the road, now parked, (laughs) giving my heart to Jesus for reals. But that's when I came to Jesus. That's when I understood. That's when I saw the sacrifice I had never paid attention to before. Again, it was a story every Easter. Easter's coming. Is it just a story to you? It shouldn't be. It was real. He was real. What he felt was real. And one day it's going to become real to you if you haven't already accepted him. One day you're going to feel it. He's going to come a-knocking. So it wasn't until God changed my heart that I could start living for him. Only then could the spirit start his work in me. Ephesians 1.13, in him you also trusted after you heard. Again, I heard. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I went through the motions with my mom and my sister, but God's word never comes back void. Again, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of your inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. I was bought for a price, the precious blood of Jesus. I belong to him. Do you? In Titus 3, 4 through 7, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'm his heir. I'm his child. Are you? Again, these are real questions. Ask yourself, do you belong to him? Are you his child? Test your faith. (laughs) Now, in your mind's eye, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. If we look down on the ground, use your imagination. There's a little dirty stick stuck over there in the dark. That's me. But now, in your mind's eye, see this 
beautiful grapevine. It's big and strong. In John 15, Jesus is the, the vine and we are the branches. The believers are the branches. But there was a time I wasn't connected. <laughs> I was dead and dirty. But God the Father, who loved me, waiting for me patiently because he was a knock in a while. He looked down, saw the broken Lisa in her car, picked her up, saw that her, she wasn't so hard anymore. She was starting to soften. He goes to the vine. He's the vine dresser, right? He cuts it. Jesus was wounded for my transgression. He was pierced for me. This little bit of softness is now grafted into the vine. I can start living now. The spirit can start flowing now. Okay. <laughs> so again, I'm grafted in. I recognize the sacrifice. I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, baptized into one body, saved, reborn, being renewed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who was poured out abundantly through Jesus Christ. I'm connected. As I take Jesus in and the Spirit starts renewing my heart and my mind, because that all needs to be fixed up. It wasn't in a good place. <laughs> Are you being renewed? Again, as you go on, as we go on, you're going to see you need to be renewed. If you are, then now you're on a journey home. But we need to learn to walk in the spirit. If you don't walk in the spirit, you're not going to make it home. It's that simple. I was slow and I stumbled a lot. I had a lot of preconceived <laughs> ideas about God. And it took me a while to learn. The Spirit had to teach me to understand the Bible. But as I gave him room, again, he filled me. He filled my mind and my heart. And I started to understand. I opened the book and I kept it open until it was open to me. So I encourage you, if anyone's having trouble understanding, you at home, <laughs> don't give up. Keep reading. If you understand that God, you were saved because of, of Jesus. You understand the sacrifice. You want to understand more. And you find yourself kind of lost, not understanding. Keep reading because the Spirit is going to open it up to you. Again, keep it open till he opens it up to you. In 1 Peter 2.2 in the NLT, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into, a full, into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for the nourishment. So we need to be nourished by the word and we'll be mature, right? If maturity comes as you're, as you're feeding, you're getting stronger, and then you learn to walk. You get to live, walking and living, same thing. You know, in the spirit, that's the gift of self-control. When the spirit is within and prompting you on which way to go, you know, as you start learning what God wants, you, you feel it. 
you know, he's going to nudge you. So, girls, let's turn to our, um, our Bibles. Please open up your word to Ephesians um, 5. I think I wrote it down wrong here. <laughs> but Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. And Ephesians, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now, we're to walk circumspectly. That means to walk carefully. Really watch your step. You know, you're diligently walking. You, you know, you don't want to fall. We need to live wisely. Your life, whether you mean to or not, it influences and affects others. These days are evil, and we need to take advantage of the time. Again, every opportunity you have, what do you do? You give the gospel truth. Again, redeem the time. Take advantage of any opportunity you have, because we don't know how long we're going to be here. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when he's calling us back. So we need to reach out. You need to pray, share, or like my mom and sister, invite, take, drag (laughs) to Bible studies and services. Uh, Now we're going to go to verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. Okay, understand. He wants us to understand God doesn't want blind, emotional followers. He wants discerning, thinking, searching, understanding followers. Again, you need to read. You need to search. You need to learn of him. You need to take him. When you yield to his word, you yield to his spirit. Again, you're connected. You're ready to do his will. In James 1.22, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Again, you're connected, ready to do his will. Self-control is spirit control. Now, verse 18. And do not be drunk with the wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Here we're contrasting the wine, you know, being filled with wine. Or being filled with the spirit. Again, you're under the influence, right? Um, but when one is drunk, is one really in control? You're not. Even if you have a little bit, there's something off. It doesn't matter. You're off. Something else is controlling you. And again, if you know someone who drinks to get drunk, you know they're not in control, even though they think they are, but they're only deceiving themselves. They will say and do things they would never do sober. Some become funny. Some get mean. Some are promiscuous. But they all think they can drive. (laughs) Let's hear what the Bible has to say. Proverbs 21, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. In other words, they fight. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. In Proverbs twenty nine thirty five, 
Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? That means they're beat up for no reason. Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like one who lies at the top of a mast saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? How many people do we know like that? All kinds of things happen, and they say, oh, I'm never going to do this again. But the next day, what do they wake up to? That's scary because it takes over. Again, you're, you're being controlled. You may think you have the freedom. No, you're in control. As a matter of fact, in Hosea, it says, harlotry wine and new wine enslaves the heart. It's bondage. You know, people don't understand. It really is bondage. In Isaiah 28, 7b through 8, the priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. They have no judgment when they're under the influence. For all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Not a pretty sight, huh? But I can remember that yucky from others. You know, I myself never did, but I saw. (laughs) Not a pretty sight. Will a practicing drunkard make it to heaven? Let's see what Galatians says. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what's the answer? No. If you're practicing and if you're in bondage to something, it doesn't have to be alcohol, gambling, um, it can be anything, drugs, you know, you're not in control. You're in bondage. You are in slavery. Um, now, I'd like to take a side place, and I don't want to offend anyone. But to me, it's kind of personal because I've seen too many families broken because of different addictions. Alcoholism, number one. But can your freedom to drink hinder or stumble another? If you're like me, you know someone who's been delivered from alcohol, recovering from alcohol, or they're alcoholics. You, you know, you might enjoy the taste. That's your reason for drinking. You know, or you take a little bit of wine to relax, or maybe a glass with dinner. And again, you don't drink to get drunk. 
But do you know if the person with you has a problem or the person seeing you has a problem? You may innocently and graciously offer a friend a drink not knowing that 10 years ago they were an alcoholic. Seen it. Your child's wedding may have an open bar not to offend other family members or friends. But there's someone who's coming saying, all right, a Christian wedding. It's going to be safe there. They're trying to stop drinking. Again, seen it. Or what about your kids? You might not have a problem. But what if they do one day? You don't know. They can be five right now. When they're 15, someone may introduce them. They may have a problem. As I said earlier, your life, whether you mean to or not, influences and affects others. In 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 24, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each the other's well-being. Think before you do any action. Can you do without it? I think the answer is simple. Again, it's my personal thing because I've seen broken. Therefore, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Again, will it bring God glory? Again, be careful. (laughs) Okay, now back on track. So, again, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In my study Bible, it says, the tense of the Greek word translated filled indicates that feeling is a moment-by-moment repeated action. We need continual feeling of the Spirit. He renews our hearts and our minds, so we need it constantly. It can be more than daily. It can be a few times a day. We, we might need it that much. Again, you fill up in the morning. You can even just starting off in prayer, Lord, please fill me with your spirit. You know, help me to be careful the way I walk. Watch my footsteps. And then when you get home at night, after a long day at work, hearing yucky stuff, you know, whatever, then you go home and you cleanse yourself with the spirit. <laughs> we need it. You need to get those thoughts out. You need to renew Because if you don't, those thoughts are stuck in your mind. I know. (laughs) Galatians 5, 16 through 17. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. See, we're still in this fleshly body. And if, it's not, if you're not careful, that old self can pop up. It's really easy to pop up. <laughs> it's happened. There's a war for dominance over you. And if you neglect the spirit, the flesh will take over. Warning. 
it will take over. It's not a might, it will take over. This is where your self-control comes in. Because for your flesh to win, you don't have to do anything. Relax. You know, not filling up, you're drying up. No fruit. And you will conform to this world. Like I said, guaranteed, you're going to conform. And it's too easy nowadays. Look around. We want to be entertained, stimulated. I mean, everyone has a phone. Everyone has a tablet, a computer, a TV, a radio. There's just too much. And I don't know if you notice, but if you get on there, sometimes you don't even notice an hour has gone by. It's very easy to do. Even if you're looking at Facebook to see your babies. You, you get caught. And again, we're bombarded by this world's views. All different kinds, you know. And we're too lazy to test. People are lazy to test or research what they are being fed. Religious or secular. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every evil. 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. In Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do you renew your your mind? Anybody? The word, the spirit, yep. You know, they're synonymous. They're the same. The sword of the spirit is God's word. If you have no word in your heart, how can he teach you? How can he guide you? How can he bring to remembrance God's word that isn't there? He can't use you. You're dead. You have, it's like if we didn't have blood. Without blood, can I, can I do anything? No, it has to flow through me, right? It has to go through my heart. So does the spirit. It's real. If you believe. Again, you need them flowing through you. Okay. (laughs) Again, self-control, spirit-led self-control is needed to say no to sin. And God's words lets you know what sin is. Um, and you'll be able to say no. Psalms 119, 133. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Again, through his word, you're taking your steps. Titus 2, 11 through 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness to worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's not impossible. God's word says he can do it. Psalms 119.37, 
Turn away my eyes from worthless things and revive me in your word. Girls, put aside your phone. (laughs) Put aside the TV. TV's my thing. (laughs) Put aside the radio. And what does it say? Those worthless things. Revive me in your word. Open the book. Don't turn it on on your phone. Don't turn it on on your tablet. Don't turn it. You can get sidetracked. Open the word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You need to study his word and hide it in your heart. Not just memorizing. You're taking it to heart. And our verse of the week, if you, if you have your, the little thingy, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Remember, his word warns you about pitfalls, stumbling blocks, cliffs. There are cliffs. But his word highlights our straight and narrow path. And we need that lamp to, to, to go straight ahead. Because, again, it's a one foot in front of the other thing. You have to be careful. There are pitfalls, stumbling blocks, cliffs on every side. You have to be careful. Um, Let's see where I am. I get carried away. (laughs) As you walk in obedience, you will be filled with the Spirit. Again, you're connected. Something awesome happens when you're connected. You bear fruit. You're just walking along. You're loving God. You've got the spirit in your heart. Worship, you know. There, there's um, times when things go on, but it's okay. You, you, you get back on track. Like doing this study, it's hilarious. Things kept bombarding me. Even old things popped up to try to get this little root of bitterness in there. And I kept singing, um, awake, awake my soul. God resurrect these bones, and that would get me back on track. Or holy fire, burn away. <laughs> My desire for anything that's not of you. <laughs> and that would get me back on track. Because I'm on that narrow road, right? For a while, I was going like this. You know, I was type roping it for a bit. But God gets you back on track. You know, so again, as you're walking, you go, whoa, love. You know, like an unusual type of love, you know. I didn't like you very much, but right now I I see you different. (laughs) You need help. (laughs) You know, but you have that love within. And it's so cool um, because the love pops out, right? You can't do anything. It's just going to come because the spirit is flowing through you. It's like real fruit. You can't force fruit. It's just got to come naturally. Well, this love will come naturally as you're connected to Jesus, as you're connected to his word, his spirit will take over. Um, And then from love comes joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love is the primary fruit. But like a cluster of grapes, all the other fruit come in. In John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus, before being led to the cross, said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love 
for one another. Do, other know, do others know, strangers, people you know, do they know that you're a real follower of God? Are you his disciple? Is your love, as Kathy said, intentional? Remember, love is a verb. It's an action word. And Jesus said, as I have loved you. So who has Jesus loved? Everyone, right? It's all inclusive. No one's better than another. Believer, non-believer. God loves us all. We just happen to belong to him. We chose to belong to him. But again, this is a supernatural love. Supernatural love that comes from Jesus. And it comes through his spirit that goes through you. You'll see uh, people through Jesus' eyes, like I said earlier. Your heart's going to hurt for them. You're not going to like what they're doing. You may still not like them, (laughs) but your heart is going to hurt for them. There's a bunch of dried up branches everywhere. And they need to be touched. God's love, that love that we're not going to be able to control. And they can get mad at you. They can mock you. doesn't matter. Love them anyways. It might not be through you. But you've at least done your part. You shared, right? You keep them in prayer. God does the work. We don't. We can't take it personal. For girls, that's hard because we take everything personal. We're emotional. We're made that way. God made us that way. But again, self-control comes in, right? The spirit controls and reminds you, my job, not yours. You just do what I asked you to do. I'll do the rest. You don't know what God has in store. Someone is going to come alongside. It's going to come to life to them one day, like it did for me. Again, I was slow. (laughs) I'm a strong-willed child. I'll admit it. But it's okay. (laughs) Okay, back to Ephesians 5, 18 through 21 now. Again. And do not be drunk with the spirit. I mean, <laughs> don't be drunk. <laughs> don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another. In the fear of God. Now I'd like to read Colossians 3 16 through 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Remember, first is the Spirit. Now this is the word. You want it to dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, they're synonymous. Did you guys see that? When you're filled with the Spirit or if the Word dwells in you, you know, it, you know when you're um, drunk with wine or the flesh, the flesh is there, that leads to dissipation. 
That's excess and ruin. But when you're filled with the spirit and God's word, it leads to joy, thankfulness, humility, which is that submission. Um, again, there's, it's, it's a cool thing. This kind of popped into my, into life, I guess you would say. When I, during this COVID time and we're kind of far away, I was starting to dry up. It's like I also needed that fellowship. Just being here, I don't have to talk, but I can hear people praying. I can hear encouraging um, things going on, and it just lifts my spirits. You know, because we're praying in God's word. We're encouraging in God's word. Um, There's something, no matter the circumstance, there is thankfulness and joy in our heart. We can see, you can see me crying and having a hard time, but there's something that will never be taken out of me. The joy I know I have in Jesus, the thankfulness I have for what he's done for me. I can be going through hard stuff, but you cannot take away Jesus. He's in my heart. You're going to see me maybe almost depressed. You know, some things are hard. But you can't take my joy and you can't take my gratitude for what he has done. I can get knocked down, but the Spirit's going to lift me up because there's something we have. And that's a victory. There is a victory coming. So I'm going to read some scriptures. Again, there's a joy and a melody in our heart. In Psalms 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In every, um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, we don't know what he has in store. Sometimes something bad happens, but there is such a good reward at the end, and you don't see it till hindsight, Right? Like we always mention, Paul and Silas in jail. They were beaten and thrown in stocks, and they're praying and singing songs. Again, you can't take that joy. You can't take the gratitude. They know where they're going. They're not afraid. God didn't give us a, a timid heart. He gave us one of power. So, yeah, you can hurt my feelings, but I'm not afraid. <laughs> you know? And we trust him in all circumstances, just like Paul and Silas did. What was the reward? The jailer and his whole family were saved. Again, we don't know what the circumstances bring. My brother-in-law, just we just had a funeral for my brother-in-law. All of a sudden, everyone's talking God. They're reminded of their mortality, right? I just pray it stays in their hearts. Again, we don't know what this brings. But there's always something that brings God glory. Always. In Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. And now... Here comes the submitting to one another. This was kind of cool, too. Let me read the scriptures first. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, 
But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. In Romans 12, 10, and 11, be kindly affectionate to one another with sisterly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in prayer, serving the Lord. This one came to life was, since I serve in ministry, I get blessed by watching how everyone comes together. Let me give you an example. I used to be in charge of a lot of things, right? Like VBS or, or women's stuff. And I'm supposed to be in charge. But I, I'm very, if you catch my attention, squirrel. <laughs> you know, one thing happens over here, I'm running over there. Then I'm running over here. And then um, Annette used to be the one who used to say, Lisa, and she would get me back on track. I would submit because my sister was keeping me on track. So things will get done on time. Or what about my Susie Robbins when John and I first came uh, to church? She, her and Larry took us under. We learned so much from them. It was such a blessing. Then I came into women's under the ladies, Kathy. And again, there was so much to learn. And everyone just gives in to everyone. There's no boss except for Kathy. <laughs> But she needs to be, right? She needs to tell us. She needs to delegate properly. I'm not good at that stuff. You know, I try to do everything myself. (laughs) But I learn, sort of. But anyways, I'm off track. But it's so cool because we submit to one another. And God is just awesome like that. He brings things together and it just falls into place. When the spirits are willing... If I had a proud spirit, would it have been that way? I might get mad at someone telling me to do something I should, you know. <laughs> My old self might have. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't say. <laughs> but now I'd like to, um, coming towards our end here. First Peter 1, 13 through 16. First I'll read it through and then we'll kind of go through it again. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Okay, right here. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. Right here, they want you to hold every thought captive. Like I said, when I was doing my study, thoughts were coming out of nowhere. And I had to get rid of them. In those days, they would get their garments because, you know, they wore long, flowy stuff. So they would have to get them and bind them, you know, before a run, before work, before whatever. You know, before any action, they would tie them up. And just like in Hebrews It said, um, you know, to get rid of every hindrance before running the race, right? Well, what's hindering you? What thoughts do you have to get rid of in your mind? What do you have to do, you know? In the New Living Translation, I like this. It says, so prepare your mind for action and exercise self-control. Again, we need to prepare our minds for action. Because, yeah, it's good to, to be connected. 
but there needs to be a going out. We can't be fat sheep. You keep feeding and feeding on the word, right? We belong to Jesus. We're his little sheepy. But you're filling up, filling up. But who's getting blessed? You can't do that. We have to exercise our faith. We have to give it out. Again, you prepare your minds to give out. And it goes on to say, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus was revealed to me, right, when I got saved. But guess what? What's Easter? Resurrection Day, right? Our Jesus is coming back. And what did the words say, the words that we read earlier? Redeem the time. Again, I'm going to say it again. Redeem the time. Take every opportunity. You need to take opportunity to share in whatever way God shows you to share. Again, everyone has different gifts. Everyone, again, I don't know how God's going to use you, but the Spirit's going to lead you in the way that it's going to be done. But it needs to be done. Again, redeem the time. And it goes on in verse 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as your ignorance. Again, you need to obey. You're not ignorant anymore. You know. You can't slip back. But again, it's easily done. You need to be obedient if you don't want to slip back. It's important. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Okay, you guys are set apart now. You guys are different, or you're supposed to be different. And we're all being transformed. Remember, like in Corinthians, you know, from glory to glory, you're being transformed by the Spirit. And again, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. We are called to imitate God. That's our whole thing. Again, connect. Get to know who he is. He will transform you. You're not going to be perfect here on this earth. You're not. (laughs) You can try. And that's a good thing. Keep walking. You're walking in the spirit. But we're called to imitate God. I wanted to, uh, today, it's so funny. God is so good. Grandma, we go through a devotion every day, right? I want you to read, uh, hear this one. But listen carefully. Pay attention, please. Especially you guys at home. What's in your heart? Every man's way is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs 21.2 Take a moment and consider what thoughts and emotions are flowing from you. Are you fearful, angry, or miserable? Do unkind or even profane words, complaints, doubts, and curses rise up in your heart? In your heart? Are there unclean, impure machinations? You will learn a lot when you listen to yourself. The arguments and feelings that surface reveal who you really are and what's going on in you. Certainly you may believe you're doing well that you're honoring the Lord and living a holy life. But there's no evidence that can condemn you like that which comes from your own heart. Proverbs 30, 12, and Matthew 15, 18 through 11. Friend, whatever God surfaces, don't deny it. He is revealing it to you for a reason. 
Ask him to reveal the source of your thoughts and emotions and what you need to do in response to what he shows you. Then obey him fully. Remember, his goal is to liberate you from your bondage to sin and heal the wounds within, Romans 7, 24 through 25. So don't be afraid. Rather, trust that your Savior continues on his mission to conform you to his image and fit you for everlasting life. Did you guys get it? Check your heart. One day, just sit still. Put nothing in your mind. And whatever surfaces, because sometimes stuff surfaces that you don't expect. And then you confess it to God. Because it, it will surface. Or if you feel like, like a, a bitter feeling, let it surface so you can confess it and give it away. You don't want to keep harboring it or keeping it in a secret place in your heart. Because it will fester. Again, there's a, the control of the spirit. You need to fill up so he can empty the yucky out of you. Fill up every day. Again, um, self-control was my gift. Do you want it? If you do, pick up your Bible. Pick it up. I'm serious. Pick up your Bible. (laughs) Hold it. And remember, you're connected. Let's pray. Father God, may we, um, as we hold these Bibles, Lord, may they open up, Father God. May they stay open, Lord, till we understand what you want, Father God. Again, people always say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, if they would open up, they would know. It's that simple. Lord, may you again work through every lady here. Lord, if there's someone um, at home, Lord, who's um, not sure of what they believe, Father God, I pray they find a Bible-teaching church, Father God, that they can ask questions. Or a friend who knows your word, Father God. Someone they see who has that love, Father God. Again, minister to them, Lord. Bring people alongside, Lord. Again, do a mighty work. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.